It's 6 p.m. and you're tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, June 23rd, and this is the KVMR Evening News. I'm Julia Jem. Coming up, the California Report covers a new kind of meat, meat that's produced from cultivated animal cells, primarily by two Bay Area companies. Then, after a look at local news and weather, the California News Service reports on the potential for significant flooding across the state as a result of this year's snowmelt. That's all before KVMR's Felton Pruitt spotlights a number of upcoming music shows taking place around the county. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. A Bay Area congressman is introducing a national bill to help low-income homeowners weatherize their homes in the face of extreme climate disasters. KQED's Laura Clivens has more. The bill would mean grants for homeowners and affordable housing providers to protect against extreme heat, rain, and wildfire. U.S. Congressman Kevin Mullen says the idea came up after the Bay Area was pummeled by heavy rains this winter. It prompted a conversation in my office, you know, how do we get in front of these kinds of events, these extreme weather events? How do we better protect property owners, the most vulnerable in our communities? Funds could go towards installing double-paned windows or building barriers to prevent flooding. All bill co-sponsors are Democrats, but Representative Mullen hopes to gain bipartisan support. For the California Report, I'm Laura Clivens. A new audit of the Sacramento Police Department has found multiple instances of illegally searched homes, cell phones, and vehicles. The report also found several instances in which officers appear to act with racial bias. The audit was conducted by the city's Office of Public Safety Accountability. Here's Director Letitia Watson speaking before the Sacramento City Council. During the course of reviewing the misconduct complaint cases within our office, it was discovered that there was an initial pattern of Fourth Amendment violations, specifically violations to Black and Latino community members doing police citizen interactions. Here's an example of the racial bias from the police department. During a two-year span, officers pulled over 19 drivers for tinted windows. All were either Black or Latino, and in the majority of the cases, officers didn't even ask about the window tint. Police Chief Kathy Lester said she rejects the idea that this is a systemic problem, but she agrees the department has room for improvement. The U.S. is now the second country in the world to approve the sale of cultivated meat. The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi says two Bay Area companies are at the forefront of the industry. The meat produced by Upside Foods and Good Meat doesn't come from slaughtered animals. Rather, it's made from animal cells. The hope is it will be a more environmentally friendly way of producing meat. Josh Tetrick is CEO of Good Meat, based in Alameda. So we need a cell and we need to ensure that cell is consuming nutrients. So we're feeding the cell. And then we put that cell as it's being fed well in a stainless steel vessel that is creating conditions for the cell to grow. And then after a period of time, a few weeks, meat is actually grown. Tetrick called this week's decision by the Agriculture Department to greenlight the sale of Good Meat's chicken historic. But he knows there are plenty of challenges ahead. Much, much more costly today than conventional meat. And the path to getting below the cost is through making more, so larger stainless steel vessels, 
lower feed costs and higher what's called cell density. So we see a path before the end of the decade to do that. Ricardo San Martin, director of UC Berkeley's Alt Meat Lab, says ramping up production is going to take some time. I would love this to, to flourish because it would be a great alternative. It's just that the route is, is not only expensive on the production cost, it's also extremely capital intensive. So the cost of all this equipment, you're talking of hundreds of millions of dollars. Both Good Meat and Upside Foods plan to start small, selling their chicken to high-end restaurants, including Bar Kren in San Francisco. For the California Report, I'm Keith Mizuguchi. Mothers in California are five times as likely to survive pregnancy and childbirth compared to mothers in states that ban abortion. That's according to a new report from the nonprofit Gender Equity Policy Institute. The study looks at the state of reproductive and sexual health in California from 2015 to 2021, before Roe v. Wade was overturned. Nancy Cohen, the president of the Gender Equity Policy Institute, says the data about teen pregnancies is also very stark. California's teen birth rate is half that of states that ban abortion. California is very supportive of contraception access. And it also has much better policies on sex education. Cohen says this report is the first in an annual series, and the nonprofit will continue tracking the outcomes of the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Tomorrow marks one year since that decision upended abortion law across the nation. Marches are being held across California and the rest of the country to mark the anniversary. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. Stanfordmedicine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. And that's the California Report for Friday, June 23rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Holly J. McDeed, Izzy Bloom, and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Potential for significant flooding across California may be high as a result of this year's snowmelt and discussions about how state funding will be distributed are sparking amongst conservation advocates and lawmakers alike. Up next, California News Service has the latest. Snowmelt from this winter's heavy storms threatens significant flooding, and conservation groups are calling for large-scale restoration of wetlands to help absorb excess water. In April, the Biden administration recommended more than $60 million go to projects in Northern California. Janelle Kelman, founder of the nonprofit Center for Sea Rise Solutions, says the escalating climate crisis with its weather whiplash is a serious threat. 
This funding could serve as a critical resource, enabling communities to construct resilient infrastructure that will safeguard today against rising sea levels, but also in the future around the increased storm intensity that we are now experiencing. It's estimated that 90% of the state's wetlands have been lost, but efforts are underway to restore them and in traditional floodplains, like seasonally wet meadows in the Sierra foothills. Experts suggest, for example, that land managers could allow streams to flow in a braided fashion across meadows rather than channeling them into one place to facilitate grazing. Conservation advocates also want the state to focus on recharging aquifers instead of funneling floodwaters to the sea. Letitia Grenier with the San Francisco Estuary Institute says the state needs to take its cues from nature and take a proactive approach rather than reacting to extreme weather. The state needs to work with nature to restore the kinds of wetlands and floodplains within watersheds that can help people with flooding, that can help us with water supply and water quality, that can bring back places for wildlife to thrive and give us access to nature and the well-being that comes with that. Some state projects in the works include efforts to reintroduce beavers so their natural dams can divert water toward riverbank floodplains. Support for this reporting was provided by the Pew Charitable Trusts. For California News Service, I'm Suzanne Potter. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. In regional news, a media release today from the Nevada County Sheriff's Office announced that they will be accepting the delivery of a snowcat donated by PG&E on June 29th of 2023. And if you're not familiar, a snowcat is a tracked vehicle used in snow conditions. PG&E will be transporting the snowcat to the county fleet facility on Labar Meadows Road in Grass Valley, where the sheriff's office will take possession of the equipment at around 8.30 a.m. on the 29th. This addition to the sheriff's office fleet is expected to serve an important role in snow rescues and other search and rescue missions that require this kind of specialized equipment. Joe Wilson, the regional vice president for PG&E's North Valley and Sierra region, said the following. PG&E is pleased to donate a snowcat to support search and rescue in their critical life-saving missions. The snowcat can not only access tough terrain, but can also operate when weather doesn't allow helicopters to fly. This donation is just one of many ways we work closely with local emergency agencies to help keep our communities safe. The Nevada County Sheriff's Office also wished to extend its gratitude to PG&E for partnering with them to further bolster their search and rescue capabilities in their common goal of keeping residents and visitors of Nevada County safe. According to the Sacramento Bee, Chinese community and local leaders gathered at the California State Railroad Museum on Wednesday evening to dedicate a museum exhibit to the late board member and civic leader Dr. Herbert Yi. Speakers included former State Senator Richard Pan, as well as representatives of Governor Gavin Newsom and U.S. Representative Doris Matsui, who highlighted the contribution of Chinese immigrants to the state and the country. They also warned listeners about history repeating itself in the form of newly signed and proposed laws in Florida and Texas that have been criticized as discriminatory toward Chinese citizens. The museum's director, Ty Smith, presented members of Yi's family with a commemorative plaque at the event to be placed by the Sierra Scene, a diorama depicting Chinese workers building the Transcontinental Railroad through the Sierra Nevada Mountains. In the late 1800s, Chinese workers made up about 90% of the West Coast Transcontinental Railroad construction workforce, building tunnels through the Sierra Nevada Mountains with rudimentary tools. 
After the railroad's completion, many Chinese workers continued working on infrastructure projects across the West Coast, including flood levees in Sacramento. David Yi, California Commissioner on Asian American and Pacific Islander Affairs, and Herbert Yi's grandson said that they built railroads, developed farmlands, formed civic infrastructure, defended our nation, and ultimately shaped and lived the American dream. But despite that fact, Senator Richard Pan pointed out that Chinese contributions have often been rendered invisible. The famous photo depicting workers gathered at Promontory Point at the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad contains no Chinese workers within it, and even their participation in its construction was driven by exclusionary laws like the foreign miners tax. The tax was passed in California in 1850 and prevented many Chinese workers from prospecting for gold or silver, while other laws prevented Chinese immigrants from obtaining citizenship or owning land in California. But the museum has made efforts to, quote, move out of the way and provide a venue where people can tell their own stories. That's according to Smith, the museum's director. After opening in 1981, the museum added Herbert Yi to its board, and in 2019, on the 150th anniversary of the railroad's completion, the museum debuted its Chinese Railroad Worker Experience exhibit, created with input and oral histories from members of a Chinese Community Advisory Committee. And so Herbert Yi's story illustrates the challenges and contributions of Chinese immigrants to the U.S. and local communities, a sentiment that his family voiced at the ceremony. Early this afternoon, a fire started in the area of Browns Valley in Yuba County. Named the Peoria Fire and located at Bald Mountain Road and Peoria Road, it was mapped at 58.8 acres before forward progress was stopped, and as of 12.37 p.m., it was held within retardant lines. An evacuation advisory warning was put in place for Zone YUB-E105. As of right now, all aircrafts are off the fire with mop-up operations ongoing. Crews will be committed into the evening. Turning now to a look at the regional weather forecast from the National Weather Service. In Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 51. Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 76. Saturday night, mostly clear with a low around 52. For Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 41. Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 68. Saturday night, mostly clear with a low around 41. And for Sacramento and the surrounding valley, tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 54. Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 83. Saturday night, mostly clear with a low around 54. Currently, there are no red flag warnings or fire weather watches. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. It's officially summer in Nevada County, and our community is starting the season off with a number of local music shows and events. Coming up, KVMR's Felton Pruitt talks with two event organizers and highlights a few different shows soon to take place, including some at Grass Valley's 1849 Brewing Company and at Pioneer Park in Nevada City. I'm Felton Pruitt. Next up, we'll talk with a couple promoters that have some events going on this weekend. First up, we'll talk with Patrick Holbrook, who books 1849 Brewing Company in Grass Valley. 
and he's got a great show tonight. Let's talk to Patrick about that. We're talking with Patrick Holbrook. He's booking 1849 Brewing Company in Grass Valley, and they've got a great show going on. Actually, it's already started, but it'll be going on all evening over at 1849 Brewing in Grass Valley. You've got Broken Compass on stage right now, don't you? Yep, Broken Compass. They started at about 5.30, so they're just getting going now. Then after that, at about 7.30, we have Cal Tucky hitting the stage, and uh, it should go till about... Uh, 9 30 tonight and that's all over at 1849 which is kind of um i guess you would say near grocery outlet yep it's off brunswick the exit uh yeah it's off brunswick exit and everything um we got uh yeah three birthdays we're celebrating um down there and just also a great show and a great time to come out so whose birthdays are you celebrating um well mine uh that's actually today and then uh Good friend of ours and local uh, musician, David Lee. He plays in bands like Moody Cat and all around uh, the Nevada City and Grass Valley area. Then our other good friend, Krista, and oh, also uh, Hope Oswell, the wife of the banjo player for Kentucky. So this is all happening at 1849. Now, this is through uh, Keep Smiling Promotions, which is your dad's company, uh, Scott Holbrook. Yep, that's us. We, uh, yeah, we started working with Kevin. A little over a year ago at 1849, and we book free show every Friday and Saturday there, and they always start at 6.30. Except this is a special birthday one, so it yes. got started a little early. Yeah. Yep. For the birthday show, we got two great bands, so we decided to push it a little bit earlier. Why'd you choose Broken Compass and Kentucky? Wonderful bands. I'm a big bluegrass fan, love their music, and lucky to... Uh, be friends with a lot of them and wanted to uh, thought they would be the perfect birthday band, you know. We've got a birthday bash going on. It's over at 1849 right now, Broken Compass and Kentucky. And I guess you're going to be booking for the rest of the summer over there at 1849. Yep, all through the summer for the rest of the year, every Friday and Saturday. So is there a website people can go and find out what's playing there? Yep, on 1849brewing.com, we have a events calendar on there, and then you can always follow... 1849 on Facebook and Keep Smiling Promotions on Facebook, too. We always post our events there as well. We've been talking with Patrick Holbrook. He's putting on the uh, Broken Compass Kentucky show at 1849 right now, everybody. Thanks for talking with us, Patrick. Yep, no problem. You have a good one. Next up on the KVMR Evening News, we'll talk with Peter Wilson, who's putting on the Kaylee in the Park tomorrow night. We're talking with Peter Wilson. He's the promoter for Alistair Fraser's Kaylee in the Park, which is happening this Saturday at 7.30 at Pioneer Park in Nevada City. Boy, this is going to be a fun thing, isn't it, Peter? You know, I believe this is the 16th time we've done it, and every one of them has just been a ball. So explain to uh, people what a Kaylee in the Park is. Well, Alistair Frazier is uh, the master of fiddle camp, and it's a little bit of a confusion thing because it's called fiddle camp, but there's fiddles, cellos, guitars, uh, mandolins, dancing and singing, and pianos, at least all of those things are part of fiddle camp. And all of the people who play those things will be coming to town on Saturday, over 200 people on the stage at the Bandshell at Pioneer Park. And um, it's just a wonderful time. The camp's been going since Saturday, and uh, I've been up there, and it's building and it will build to a crescendo on saturday evening at the park and 
the, the way it's set up is Alistair invites two other fiddlers to to join him in cooking things up. And so there's three main branches of the thing. And this year, Emerald Ray will be joining Alistair. She's a fiddler from Vermont. And then Galen Frazier, for the first time, is a featured performer. And Galen's living in Castilla, Spain. And he and his wife, Maria, are taking the Spanish tack. And so there'll be a mix of all kinds of music with Alistair representing the Scottish faction. So it's a variety of performers in small combos. And then at quite a few times, all 200 people will be playing simultaneously. And that's when we get the mighty sound. So this is a free concert at Pioneer Park Saturday at 7.30. And I imagine there's a little donation cup or something to keep the camp going. There will be a, a, a receptacle for all sorts of donations, and we encourage people to, to give what they can. That's very good. Now, you, you've been involved with this a long time. How did this all get started? Well, Alistair started his first fiddle camp over 30 years ago, maybe 40 years ago, and that's the Valley of the Moon Scottish Fiddle Camp that happens, I think it's in August, in uh, the Santa Cruz Mountains. And then he started one on the Isle of Skye in Scotland, so then he had two, and then he started Sierra Fiddle Camp, the third, and then he started one in northern Spain, and then one in Australia. So he has five fiddle camps, and it's a uh, just a great time. Uh, people come and it's, there's this inclusiveness thing and it's everybody stays together and sleeps and parties and stays up all night and dances. And so there's an energy that builds over the week that camp lasts that's infectious. And uh, if you come out on Saturday, you will see what I mean. Is there a website where people can get more information about this? There is. Strings concerts.com is my website. We've been talking with Peter Wilson. He's putting on Alistair Fraser's Kaylee in the Park. It's happening Saturday at 7.30 at Pioneer Park in Nevada City, a longtime tradition. It's going to be a lot of fun, Peter. We'll see you Saturday night. Well, thanks, Belton. I'm looking forward to it. That's our newscast for this Friday, June 23rd. Head over to our website, kvmr.org, or subscribe to the KVMR News Podcast to hear more. KVMR gets support from Mother Truckers and Natural Selection, now serving the community with online shopping and curbside pickup in Grass Valley and on the San Juan Ridge. Online ordering at naturalselectiongrocery.com or mothertruckersgrocery.com. Support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Julia Jem. Have a great night.